Okay. Any question tonight? Yes, Samati. Or uh, Devoto. I heard a lecture uh, a little bit about the pastime of Lord Chaitanya at Kanai Nakashala and how at some point, I don't know if it was after that, he was going to go off somewhere and there a voice from the sky came and said, no, that's not your purpose now. It's, it's to chant, distribute the holy name. So I was wondering if you would talk a little bit about the pastime. Yeah, I have to I have to remember that. I, I believe that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had come back from Jagannath Puri and he was on his way to Vrindavan. It was his first attempt to go to Vrindavan. And... Um, there was a, uh, a devotee of his, maybe, what was his name? Maybe, I think it was Shingananda Brahmachari. And he had some special empowerment. And so in his mind, he meditated on the road to Vrindavan that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would go on. He was doing Manasi Seva. And he decorated the road in his spiritualized meditative mind, creating ponds and palm trees and shade and so forth, and and uh, uh, making it very beautiful and very pleasant. And while he was proceeding along the way, it's, his meditation stopped at that that place, that I Kanai yeah. And um he couldn't go any further. So he understood from that that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would not go any further than that. I don't know if he did he advise him prior to that or um I mean I I I yeah, I would need my own memory refreshed, but um, he only went that far, and it may have been, forgive me for, I don't, my memory's not fresh on it, because um, he was really you know, going there in the mind, <laughs> if you will, in the meditation of, of, of Nishringa Brahmachari, and he wouldn't go any further. Why he wouldn't go any further? I, I, it may have... Um, um, been also in relation to meeting Rup and Sanata along the way, because on the first trip to Vrindavan, attempt to go to Vrindavan, I think he met the the two Rup Sanatan, and I think that Kanai Natashala is maybe near where they were staying. Where they're staying at their place was called. Um, let's see. Ram Kaili, there the Mahaprabhu met them, and uh, did he meet them? Um, Sanatan advised him, don't go to Vrindavan with a big... Maybe that was the second time, because I think he actually was advised by Mahaprabhu, don't go with a group, and Mahaprabhu went. So maybe he didn't meet them till the second time, maybe they're not related. But why he was stopped there is kind of your question, right? What happened? Like, he, didn't he see Krishna? Krishna appeared to him there. I don't know, that's what Sumati said. <laughs> <laughs> it's in 
speaks to the fact that the smarna of the advanced devotees is real. In other words, people say oh, it's just in your mind. There's this there's the story in the in the um, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu of the Brahman who is doing Manasi Seva um, offering to his uh Shaldigram and um so he would, in his mind, he would go to the Jumuna with golden pots and bring back fresh water for Abhishek and he would cook a feast and so forth. His own physically, his uh, um, resources were very limited, but in his mind he made a very elaborate, royal type of offering. And um, one day he offered the sweet rice, he cooked it in his mind, and then he was going to offer it, then he thought, it may be too hot to offer it, maybe I should let it simmer a little cool a bit. And so to, then he thought, well, let me test it. So he put his finger in it to test the, test it. And he, he said, ouch. And his meditation broke, and his finger was swollen hot, hot from, from the sweet rice. It's a story to illustrate the same point, that, the, 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 that uh, there's a kind of a, Transcendental construction that um, uh, arises out of the uh, mind that is um, uh, uh, saturated with Swarup Shakti. The Swarup Shakti is an environment and it's moving only for the pleasure of Krishna. And so devotees under that influence, in the context of the Leela, they may have some desire to serve Krishna, and they do, obviously, and it's a Srup Shakti is facilitating. All their desires are uh, fulfilled, in a sense, in the Leela, and Srup Shakti is the agency. So um, the reason they're fulfilled is because it's under the Srup Shakti that's just always moving only for the pleasure of Bhagavan. So they... 
Um, so there are newer and newer, ever fresh, newer and newer leelas um, as well, right? And um, it's the same concept for a swarup, a form that comes out of the meditative mind of uh, advanced devotees. And it's it's kind of like the form that to serve Krishna as a cowherd or as a gopi. And it's kind of the, the way in which the, the devotee's writing the details of his or her own ticket. So that we get a ticket through Sadhu Sangha, that's mercy, and then that's a samskar that comes from outside that creates an impression within, and we function according to the impression, and through different stages we become purified, and then the will of the jiva is in line with the Sarup Shakti that's moving only to please Krishna, so its will, in conjunction with its mercy, fills in its, the details hmm, of the generic reality that you're a cowherd, you're a gopi, and their details, which one, what's name, what... And, and so as they meditate on the leela and so forth, they become attracted to a certain aspect and a certain service stands out and so on and so forth. And this construct, there's a construction going on with a, a spiritualized mind. Hmm? And in this way, the, the spiritual world is kind of super um, subjective, if you will. We have a kind of quasi-subjective reality in this world um, that arises out of the material mind that is becomes activated by the influence of, of consciousness. Hmm? We have the para, you know, the superior, the full face of the sound, then it comes as, what is it, madhyama, and, and uh, so the mind manifests, and pashanti, paikari, these different stages. So, um, there's a quasi um, yeah, uh, subjective, if you will, um, reality in this world, but it's pretty much absorbed in the physical uh, reality related to it. And, and uh, it's not, the will is not being fulfilled because it's, it just may not be. It's, it's not, everything's not moving according to the will of Krishna, for the pleasure of Krishna, I should say. So, at any rate, by contrast, the Sarup Shakti, that influence, that environment, and being participating in that, then, uh, as I say, gopis and gopis, gopis and gopis, they have different desires and so forth. They're all for the pleasure of Krishna. They're not automatons. It depends how you look at it. If you look at it from the beta perspective, then Krishna has many desires and he's playing them out through many devotees. Uh, from the abed, I should say. From the bade, the different side, then the jivas have desires and they're uh, under the sarup shakti. They're all for the pleasure of Krishna. So, um, so yeah, there's a kind of a, you know, you get the book and you get, you know, you, this is your page and uh, page, you're on page 108 and then you kind of fill in the details over over time. It's, it happens in a natural way in the context of sadhana. It can be helped and advised and edited with good association and so forth. Um, 
but um, I want to say it's like a subjective world. Hmm. But there's objectivity to it, how it works, only for the pleasure of Krishna, within the parameters of the Sarup Shakti. So it's a meditative world. So, I mean, the, the devotee was meditating on the sweet rice, and it was being offered, and Krishna was tasting, and it's, and it was too hot, and and uh, so. Uh, another example, one of my godbrothers once asked Pujapatrudamarsh if he could write a novel like Bhakti Vinod Thakur did by creating characters hmm, in order to make tell a story and present some philosophy. And um, at that time, anyway, Shidomarsh said um, that the character, the, whatever appears in the mind of Bhakti Vinod is, is real. Because he, he said, can I write a fictional book? Whatever appears in the mind so is real. So, I mean, he created the characters, but he created them with, with, this, with a sort of shakti-saturated mind, if you will, um, um, so you can say that that narrative is is, is a real narrative, like uh, you could say that about Sanatana Goswami's Brihad um, Bhagavatamrita also. Hmm. Whatever appears in the mind of great souls, that's more real than than uh, what appears in anybody else's mind, <laughs> right? their perception of, of, of reality. So the power, anyway, of Nishingananda's uh, uh, meditation is the main highlight there. And he knew Mahaprabhu couldn't go any further. Exactly why he couldn't go any further. That's the mystery part. We, we, our memory has failed us. So we'll have to be, revisit that. What else? Yes. I don't know if this is inappropriate, but um, I was wondering what the importance is depicting the cow dust in the painting and if the, the individual gopas were meant to be like identifiable in the painting. What is the purpose of the cow dust? So like the picture that was commissioned? I was wondering yeah. what was the importance of commissioning that particular picture? Oh, well, um, we... Um, actually, I saw a very... found a very nice painting of a cow dust that was painted a long, long time ago. So, uh, I think I showed you a picture of that. And so I wanted to have it um, the same moment captured uh, by Mahabir Swami. So he did his own rendering of that. Um, but it's part of a series of paintings that I'm commissioning that correspond with the different times of the day of Krishna in, in, in Sakyarati. So that's the same time that you asked about in Gaurlila, cow dust. And Mahaprabhu was doing kirtan in Namadweep and about to cross the Ganga and come back um, to Mayapur side and simultaneously Krishna is collecting the rest of the coward boys and calling the cows and and starting to head home and uh, have a little, maybe a little meeting at that time and, uh, and so um, that's just part of the series and uh, no uh, it, I thought about that in the beginning, but to, to, get, to reply to your second question, it's a little too. It was too difficult to communicate that to um, Mahavir Swami, the, the, the painter, the artist. Um, I got a couple of things in there that um, that I wanted to get. He's asking if the, you know different uh, cowherds, for example, that are described 
in the literature are uh, in terms of the color of their dress and skin and attire and so forth are represented in the picture. Some of them, a couple of them, are maybe could, could be considered to be there. I started out with that in mind, but it became a little, a little difficult. Uh, a lot of times with dealing with Indians, they go, yes, 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 and they do it differently. And they said, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, but it came out pretty good. What else? Yes. Um, I was wondering for the people in the world who aren't doing karma yoga, like what are they doing if they're not doing karma yoga? If people in the world aren't doing karma yoga, what are they doing? They could be doing any number of things, right? Uh, karma yoga is a very high thing. Well, most people, well, to step down um, from karma yoga, we come to karma. That's a high thing. Hmm? karma or the path of dharma. Um, and uh, we call it uh, the perverti marg, the path, the marg of acquisition. Hmm? Licensed acquisition. We were talking about, this came to my mind, relative to the discussion we were having the other night about, more or less, is there any love in the world or is is this mundane welfare and Par upakar, the, the transcendental welfare, uh, do the do ever the twain meet? All right, we talked about it to some extent, but it comes to mind again as we talk about the perverti marg. And um, uh, if we refer to the Gita, we have a nice statement. What is it? Who can say? About calm. These bad things. No, no. Kamosmi Bharadarshava. So Krishna identifies himself as Kam. Hmm? And basically what he's saying is that that Kam that is done according to the Shastra, Dharma, I am that. Hmm? Oftentimes Kama is, is, is um, translated as um, um, intimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really it means desire. I mean, that's the biggest desire, I suppose, that, that uh, binds, makes the world go round. So, it uh, uh, oftentimes is uh, rendered as lust, let's say, lust and love. Difference, like the difference between the, the noon and the dark moon night, um, but. At the same time, if we are saying there are degrees of lust, or there are degrees of degrees of, to put it the opposite way, there are degrees of selflessness within the context of kama. In other words, I'm still identified with the body, and so I'm moving in the bodily conception of life. So I, I can't be selfless in, in in the full sense of the term. Hmm? Um, and you may not, if you're not a devotee, you don't have even that ideal. But you may have some ideal to be a better person, that selfishness is unbecoming, which is universally accepted. Hmm? And uh, that charity is good, and even the, even the mobsters you know, give charity to their, to their own and uh, to their church yeah, uh, and so forth. Um, so 
but it's still as as pure as it gets, as sattvic as it gets, it's still within the gunas. And bhakti is is near guna, right? Uh, so it's not that you get better and better, nicer and nicer, gooder and gooder, and then you become transcendental. It doesn't work. These are two different shaktis, maya shakti and the three gunas, and then there's the sarup shakti hmm, that bhakti is constituted of. But at the same time, hmm, again, this is another example. We gave some other, we talked about it at some length the other night, but Krishna says, I am that kama that is performed according to the religious principles. I am that. So there he and he's he is he's love, so there must be some love in the world. There must be some love in calm. Um, it's it's in, in, in calm and and the desire for material acquisition improvement um, um, indulgence and so forth. So. Um, if it's done, point being, according to the scriptures, then it has some merit. It's not. It, it's not going to get you bhakti because as pious as you could become according to karma, the dharma mark, it's not going to suddenly turn into bhakti. Right? Same same idea. But uh, we were speaking of just a minute ago. But but nonetheless, it is a harnessing of that. Kama, hmm, that's driving the world by the reins of the shastra, hmm, and in the context of acquiring through the harness of shastra and following the following of its in, uh, injunctions, one starts to develop faith in the more faith in the shastra. Hmm. So this is this is a good uh, this is a useful fruit because then uh, they will turn the pages you know to the there's the nivriti marg you know, this the transcendental pursuit and so forth so kamosmi bhartashva says so I am that calm that's that's performed according to religious principles so the whole pravriti marg has a has a color of uh, you know it's a religious color it's uh, we distinguish it from spirituality it's religious but they're meant, one, the latter, the religious, is meant to qualify us for, in other words, dharma jignasu, inquiry into dharma. What is the religious way to live? What's the right way to take? What, where do I get a license to hunt? Hmm? That's the basic idea. I'm a hunter and uh, I'm being hunted because I don't have a license. Let me get a license and then, you know, at least what I take, you know, is I'm paying for and, and it's worked out, it's a, something like that. Hmm? So, it's a, it's a license to take coming from the, from, from the scripture and, and um, it, uh, it brings us in to the point where, as I like say, faith, besides what we get by our pursuit, what we acquire, the fruits of our work, we the real hidden fruit is we get faith in the Shastra because we start living a good life, a pious life, and then you, uh, you get good karma, and so you have faith in the Shastra. And then again, you turn the page. So what's the page? It starts out from 
animal life, if you will, to to human life, the the difference in one sense is to in human life we uh, can think uh, critically, hmm? uh, abstractly. We can think abstractly. Um, means we can ask why questions, as I often say, and philosophize and inquire about meaning and purpose. This is very abstract. Hmm? Meaning and purpose instead of <laughs> food. Give me good, <laughs> something like that. So, uh, so this abstract thinking, hmm? and of course, there's there may be materialistic abstract thinking as well. Um, but when our abstract thinking, um, we, we, you can't think abstractly in the lesser, less complex forms of life. Um, now, if you now, I should say, if you think abstractly, so to speak, and philosophize, hmm, um, if you will, um, with a view, <laughs> uh, and this is your conclusion, with a view to acquire, hmm, then you're kind of, you know, there's another way to say it. People say, in, intelligence distinguishes the humans from the lower forms of life. So humans are, what do they say? Rational animal. Okay. So if you use your rationality simply to pursue what the the same thing that the animals pursue without the need of that rationality, then one could argue you're not really any different if you're if you than the animal. If your intellect is wedded to the mind's demands stimulated by uh, senses being in touch with sense objects, then it's simply working for sensual acquisition and experience, which is, you can do that without you know, thinking about it too much. It's, it's there. You can tweak it and get more of it or whatever, you know, try it in so many different ways, right? But it's basically... Uh, the same thing. Hmm? So, and again, you don't need a big intelligence to, to gratify the tongue, the ears, the eyes. Hmm? So, the implication would be that the intellect, abstract thinking, is really for something more. Not for just being a big animal, but, but for really distinguishing you from the lesser complex forms of life. Hmm? And so from animality to humanity, from human from humanity, from animality to humanity to to, to spirituality. Hmm. Uh, so this is the human life is kind of the, the juncture where they have that opportunity. That's how we we define the human life um, in our um, you know the broader scope, the Hindu tradition. Right, the tradition of, of, of Vedanta. So human life is, you know, as the Bhagavatam, I, I was young, I always liked the verse very much, still do, but kamasanindriyapratir labo yi jivete abhata jivasya tattva jignasu nardo yas jeha karmobi kamasanindriya kamasya na indriyapriti 
Indriya priti means love of the senses. Priti for the indriyas. Kamasyan indriya priti, priti labo jiviti avataram. One should not live, speaking to human beings, simply for love of the senses. Jivasya tattva, jignasu. One should live the human life because it gives you the chance, jivasya tattva, jignasu, to jignasu, to inquire about the truth about the jiva, the life force. The life force, just this, the atma, the self. It should be lived because it gives you the chance to make that inquiry. This is such a rare... I mean, we don't have the opportunity to make that inquiry in other forms of life. So if we don't make it in this life, we, we in effect have not used this life any differently, even if we inquire philosophically, but only for our, uh, to pursue material acquisition, material betterment, increase the length of our lives, build a bigger house, have a happier whatever, even a nicer, even a kinder, and so forth. But, you know, America... You know, this nation and over that nation. You know, it's hard. Uh, you want to, and I want to be you know, even want to be planetary or universal. Uh, yeah, it, this is a categorical change that we're talking about. Human life gives us the chance to transcend the limits of humanity. That's huge, right? So humanity becomes this juncture hmm, between animality and spirituality. So, jivasya tattva jignasu nartavyasya We should One should live on life because it gives one the chance to inquire the truth about the atma, about the self. Hmm. Hmm. Never for sense gratification, which comes of its own accord, according to what we've sown in the past, so we're reaping. Hmm. Happiness and distress coming and going, we watch them. We don't get too elated. We don't get too depressed. We're on a different track. Hmm? And it's summer. It's even, keel. Hmm? Right? Not tossing and turning on the waves of material emotions and the highs and, and the lows and so forth. Hmm? Then it's a sadhana. Right? Hmm? To be in the world and be a sadhaka. So, uh, human life then, different from animal life and other less complex forms of life in the ways in which I'm explaining, and the broader inquiry, we're talking about living for the self, to, to know the self, I mean, to spiritual inquiry, but kind of in a broader way, we can say human life is meant to be uh, religious, I, mean, I often distinguish between spirituality and, uh, and, and religiosity, experiential spirituality and then a religious orientation, which is the nivrti marg and the pravrti marg, you know, to give up uh, chasing after things and, and then, to, then to pursue things in a legal way. So again, to get a license to kill, a license to take, <laughs> get a hunting license. That's uh, That's a... Uh, the Mahabharata seems to be about until you get to the Bhagavad Gita. Then wait a minute, there's the whole thing's turned. 
on his head, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but that is the, just kind of just like the beginning of, of, of human life. So the scriptures say, what? The Karma Mimamsa is, begins with what? Atato Dharma Jignasu. Now is the time in human life to inquire about how to, okay, I'm, I want sense gratification, hmm? um, etc. Dharma, Artha, and Kama. Moksha, yeah, maybe. But that's off the map there a little bit. Ah, this is what I, I want these things. I want, um, uh, and I wanted uh, protection, hmm? Artha. I, I wanted Kama, sense indulgence in, in human form of life also, or in less complex form of life, for example. But, now I want them in an intelligent way. I want them um, in in the course, in the context of, of working with the system hmm, as a human being. So I inquire about how to acquire um, with gratitude and recognition of the fact that there are powers beyond me by which my acquisition would be possible. I cannot even see without the sun. Hmm? Eyes are not to do whatever you want. With the, You can look wherever you want and think you can look wherever you want, but someone's providing, it's the sun, an aspect of nature is providing facility for you to see. If it goes out, then you, it's hard to see in the dark, right? Hmm? Sun, fire, electricity, same you know principle. So... Um, so there's this acknowledgement of the uh, indebtedness. It's a whole, really kind of a gracious way of living and taking, taking and saying thank you afterwards. <laughs> thank you. I'll take some more. Thank you. I'll have seconds, please. Uh, so uh, dharma jignasu, and the, the purva mimam, the, the karma, the, the uttar mimamsa, purva mimamsa, first. Tato Dharma Dignasu. First inquire about Dharma. Become a morally right person. Get the small g good in place. Hmm? It, it, it never ex- excels or extends to be a capital G good, to be absolute good. Because after all, you're, it's a license to take. <laughs> so I'm licensed, but, you know, but I'm still a criminal. <laughs> uh, you know. So... Uh, it may be on a subtle level, but uh, uh, the big G good, that's a different thing altogether. Hmm? You can even do what's bad, big B, <laughs> bad, from the big G perspective, and it won't be bad. That's the lesson of the Bhagavatam. Krishna's eloping with the gopis, that's bad. But it's actually capital G because there's no selfishness involved. Hmm? It's completely selfless. Yeah. It looks like one thing, and it is, but it's totally different. Hmm? That's why I've said before. One fellow asked me, Marsh, is there any? I want to know if there's any real sex life in the spiritual world. You know what I mean? <laughs> I said, no, you don't get it. There's no real sex life in the material world. Hmm? It's all you know. That's the big G there. So what? The difference is not the thing you do, how you act, or what. It's it's it's. It's the heart of it. Hmm. You know, so the gopis are particularly, you know, um, underscored it very beautifully 
in the work of Krishna's Kaviraj and Chaitanya Charitamrita for their selflessness. Even the bliss that derives from their pleasing Bhagavan, they only accept it because it's pleasing to him. His pleasure, that's Samartharati, his pleasure becomes is their pleasure. There's no difference. His pleasure is their pleasure. This is the kind of unity that they have with him. So we are going way high now to beyond Brahmajignasu, to Rasa, Tattva, and so forth. But back to the beginning, the 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 Dharma Jignasu, so to inquire, all right, I'm going to acquire, and let me do it in the context of the bigger picture, and with the acknowledgement of the fact that I'm small, I'm a dependent entity, um, therefore I should live with gra- with, with gratitude, and, and uh, honor the sun, and the moon, and the stars, and the earth, and and so forth. Uh, this is all small g stuff, and this is all kama. Hmm? But it's licensed kama. And Krishna says, that's a form of myself, even. So it's it's still in this world. It's, it's, it's not going to get you transcendence, but it is doing what Krishna wants, in a general sense, for people to do in this world. Hmm? And in the context of becoming religious, then as one matures in that, the idea is one comes from Dharma Jignasu to Brahma Jignasu to inquire not only how to be a upright thief, a human, but to the, 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 about what's beyond humanity that the human life affords me the opportunity to experience, the Atma, the Self. Hmm? Now we're going in a backwards way. Instead of going outward for acquisition, we're going inward and, and disappearing. Hmm? Disappearing. We were taking and trying to be big in the world, make our mark and stand out. I'm here. It's my place. And now it's going the opposite way, disappearing, disappearing. But you're going into the world, the, 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 the mental world that the physical world comes out of. And you're taking that mental world and you're turning it from its focus on the on the physical world, hmm? that's the that's the beauty of the mind, right? In the Gita, Krishna says, "What does he say?" Atma The mind is the friend and the enemy. Depends. You use it for sadhana, the mind becomes the friend. We were talking about you can create the walk, the path, the to kanai natashala. Hmm? For friend, Mahaprabhu will walk on it. Hmm? Wherever your mind stops, that's where he'll stop. Hmm? So, <laughs> yes, so, so, you, this is now going in a different way, going within. Hmm? Mind is a tool, and we use it in the central to yoga, all forms of yoga, and bhakti as well. So, the smarna, you know, we go within, and so the beginning of this inward work, inward direction, is is the is the Brahma Jignasu. Hmm? Now, still, you know, you need some bhakti, some grace. Of course, there is. Now, here's a beautiful thing: within the path of karma, or you call it the Dharma path, karma path, the taking path, the pravrti marg. There's a couple of things included there that are very important. You are honoring, as I said. All the gods, right? You're honoring the sun and the moon and the stars and this earth and 
and uh, this living kind of with, with, with gratitude and, and so forth. And in the context of all of that, what else is going on? There's also Vishnu worship goes on. Now, often because the, there is a plurality of gods and goddesses in the Varnashram, people may not be able to distinguish the qualitative difference between Vishnu and Kali, Vishnu and Shiva, Vishnu and Brahma, and so on and so forth. A more refined notion of Varnashram is found in the seventh canto of the Bhagavatam, where it's very clearly pointed out that Vishnu is the center, Vishnu is the center. But in the Gita, Krishna says, Sarvadharman Pratyajamami come. Stop worshipping all these gods, worship only me. Hmm? Um, he's talking to Arjun, who's in the Varnashram. Hmm? So it's apparently it's easy to forget, and, and not it's not so easy to understand. This is the position of Vishnu. You get Sukadeva is giving the you know discourse, and, and if you want good health, you worship the sun. You want this, you do this. You get you worship him for this. Worship. This is the beginning of his discourse to Sukadeva, hmm? or to Prichit Maharaj. And then how does he conclude it? Akama sarvakamuva mukshakamudaradi tivrena bhakti yogena yajeta purusham param. Purusham Param. But it really, when it's all said and done, whatever you want, if you want everything, Sarva Kama, Akama, you don't want anything. Hmm? Moksha Kama, you want Moksha. Whatever it is, Tivrena Bhakti Yogena, Dajeta Purusham Param. Worship the Supreme Person, Vishnu, with unflinching. Bhakti Yoga. You can worship this God for this, this for this, for this, and then this is his conclusion. So he brings it all home, so to speak. Um, so my point being only that in the context of Varnashram, there's the worship of Vishnu there. That's why it's said and explained um, by the um, by Jiva Goswami that yes, it is possible. We have to admit very slightly it is possible that, and some people say it, that by being a good, good boy or girl, you could get bhakti, but not Raghunuga bhakti, he says. That's only by Mahatkripa. You could come to Vaidhi bhakti because built into the Varnashram is also the worship of Vishnu. That's bhakti whether you know it or not. Right? In fact, what makes the Varnashram fruitful is whatever bhakti is there. There's a little bit there. So, a little bit of bhakti can give you anything in the world you want. Hmm? Some uh, guna form of, of, of bhakti, sattviki bhakti, hmm? can give you liberation. Hmm? And shuddha bhakti can, can give you prem, rasananda. Hmm? But it's making all of these paths efficacious, bhakti, path of karma, the path of yoga, the path of jnana, those are two transcendental paths, and of course, the path of bhakti is successful by bhakti. So um, there's a little bhakti in Varnashram. Hmm. So he, he, it's, it's, he acknowledges or more just acquiesces. Yeah, well, maybe well, some people say they necessarily think about it. You could could say that, but as far as rag bhakti, that's another thing. So anyway, this is our line, and 
and uh, and it's not going to happen too quickly. That, but but anyway, this is a way of saying that in the karma mar, is there any love in the world? You can, this is uh, kind of the question that you can say in calm there 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 is because it's a form. There's a form of karma. Krishna says, "I am." That's that's meeting people where they're at, and taking them, however indirectly, in a transcendental direction, and uh, uh, hopefully, I, I guess you know, Dharma art the kama moksha. They, they they come to moksha, idea. Hmm? That's a transcendental idea. Um, so it's a just it's a bit of a stretch, but anyway, yeah, that's your your question. What are people doing who aren't doing nishkam karma? So if we take one step down, they're doing karma. Hmm? They're doing to give it a universal kind of answer. There, you know, that there's nobody in this country or in India or anywhere in the world doing varnashram, as far as I know. I mean, there may be some slight trace of it or something. Some some skeleton of it going on somewhere. And it's not on some farm, I can tell you that. But um, but the, the idea of the Varnashram is a orientation to human life and acquisition and, and progress, material progress and well-being and so forth that takes into consideration God and my dependence upon higher controlling influences in order for me to my life to be fruitful, successful, and happy. So that's your basic religious orientation that people have, right? However well they do it, you know that that's another thing. But that's that's kind of the, the, the principle. You can find it in all the traditions, and then you have the experiential, mystical sides, right? The gyan side, or some sense of upasana, bhakti. So. Uh, Nishkam karma, that's a very high thing. That means I'm in, I'm in the world, I'm identified as as a Kshatriya, for example, classically speaking in the Varnashram, as a Brahman, as a Vaishya, but, and I'm doing my uh, prescribed duties, but I'm not attached to the result. Take it one step further, I give the result to Krishna. Not everybody in Nishkam Karma does that, but those who do, if they do that, then that, 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 then we'll bring one to Bhakti, but um, proper. But to live in the world and, um, and, and remain identified in relation to your psychophysiological sense of self but not to the driving force that perpetuates it, which is the taking, the acquisition, and so forth. This perpetuates it. It's a kind of a slow boat to deconstructing that identity. Varnashram unto itself tends to just reinforce it. Mahaprabhu says, Gopi Bhattu Parakamaleo Das Dasana Das. I'm not from the Varnashram. I want to reinforce another sense of identity. So, um, at any rate, the, you have your Varnashramis, your you know the the the, uh, the karma marg, uh, righteous, pious people, as it as it may be uh, described in different 
traditions, and I think in the Vedic tradition it's very uh, refined and, and uh, precise and so forth, but um, it's a principle that extends cross-culturally. So that the karma, this kam karma, I'm sorry, this kam karma is, is it, that's a that's a that's a difficult. Uh, um, very few people are, are doing that. Um, they're 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 moving. What happens if you is if you carry out your prescribed duty, so to speak, and you're not attached to the fruits? Is there's, there's an ingress of wisdom, ingress of knowledge, because you're not feeding. The material identity—it's there. You're driven. You're kind of compelled by it, right, to move in a certain way. But what really perpetuates that movement and identity is the fruits, fruit chasing, taking them. So you're you're giving up the fruits. So the identity is going on, starts to go on kind of robotically, and meanwhile there's this ingress of of, of result from from giving up, you know, less is less is more. So that you give up, and this invisible self starts to rise, and 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 sense of uh, of, of, of a higher um, identity, ingress of wisdom, and then it's possible for meditation. Come to Gyan Yoga and Dhyan meditation and so forth so this is you're moving from activity to to active life to contemplative life so to speak as I've said before in karma there's action and there's no knowledge in gyan there's knowledge and there's no there's no action in karma there's action but there's ignorance because we, our, our action is propelled by ignorance we're moving in pursuit of happiness in relation to things that have no happiness in them. <laughs> they aren't inherently happy. Uh, and we want enduring happiness, and they don't endure. So it's like, how dumb can you be? Right? That's like pretty dumb. Hmm? It's just, the, you know, they say the Buddha is smart. That's the basic wisdom. You know? It's just like, duh. <laughs> uh, so, but... People are dumb, so the Buddha looks smart <laughs> comparatively. So, uh, so the, to give up uh, the yeah the fruit chasing. Hmm. Well, if there's no fruits to chase, then why am I chasing around? <laughs> Where am I going to go? Why run everywhere? Huh? Uh, they're not worth having. I'm going to just sit down. Hmm. Right? So don't just do something. Sit there. Whoa, okay, and 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 stop taking. So with the stopping of the taking, there's a starting to start the beginning of the deconstructing that stuff because you're not fueling it anymore. It's you're not you're not giving it any gas. It's running out of gas, hmm? and so the ingress of, of mystic wisdom, but the nature of the self, and and off I go. So this is kind of the typical. From from karma to gyan, as Ramanuja would say, then and to bhakti. Hmm? Of course, we see bhakti as very powerful, not only in terms of its um, reach into transcendence that exceeds that of gyan unto itself, but 
terms of her generosity as well. And so through Sadhu Sangha, suddenly someone who is not even on the karma marg, but is on the akarma marg, so that's a step lower, right? They're pursuing sense gratification and not in consideration of the system, not with gratitude and, and so forth and, and so on. But if they get Sadhu Sangha through bhakti, then suddenly they're inquiring about rasa. <laughs> and Rasa says, very good, yes, now become dharmic in the context of your bhakti. <laughs> become wise in the context of your bhakti. So there's a cleansing of the heart that comes first before the decorating of the of the heart. But in the, in all in the context of bhakti, so the fruits, the fruits of the Varnashram, the fruits, fruits of Gyan, they're all within bhakti and more. The fruits of Vaidhi Bhakti are also, and more are also there in Raga Bhakti. That's what we find in Goloka. The inhabitants are perfectly following the Varnashram. <laughs> That's like, uh, you know, superficially the, the, the system there. Hmm? They're perfect Varnashramis. Better than Brahmas, who were perfect for a hundred lifetimes. And they're, they have, they have perfect knowledge. Hmm? But they, in their Bhakti, they're doing Vaidhi Bhakti. They worship, Nanda Marge is worshiping the Nishingashila every day and so forth. They do very nice Vaidhi Bhakti. It's all there. That's the implication. It's all there and something more. These are all just uh, kind of uh, props. Hmm. Um, and what's fueling the whole thing, what's really happening is, is the flow, flow of bhava. Hmm which is not in Varnashram, which is not in yoga, which is not in dhyana. And, uh, and the kind of bhavas that are not there in Vaiti Bhakti also. So, all that. And more so, our progress in bhakti, our ideal is high, and we should fix that, and then we look for our progress on lower level. So we, so we don't make some misstep, like we think we're there when we're actually much uh, much lower hmm. that becomes very that then be, is very unbecoming right hmm. so we don't want to do that right so be a good bhakta gore bhakta vrindaki jai you're all you're helping me to become a good bhakta by your inquiries so did you get some rest still just kind of rolling around to, Still flying. I hope that tonight you can get some good good rest. Uh, start again tomorrow. Yes. This is, might be really quick. You, didn't you say last night that Narada Muni was in my Narada Muni Bhajai Vina Yes. He's very peculiar in that regard because he's in his Vaidhi Bhakti is Sakya. Sakya Bhav, Rupa Goswami explains, mixed with Dasya. Hmm? But he's in the form of a sa- sage, sadhu. So there's Vaidhi Bhakti, for example, in Dwarka. Hmm? So he's frequents Dwarka. He's, there is some talk of him coming to Braj, maybe in some Purana. Hmm? And then there's the whole story. He got dipped in the lake and experienced Gopi Bhav and so forth. But 
actually in Brihat Bhagavatamrita, when he's acting as the Siksha Guru for Gopakumar in in uh, in Dwarka, I believe it is in he's in Dwarka. Is he in Dwarka, I think? Yeah, he's in Dwarka. And he says he said, Well, you know, a better Siksha Guru for you is Uddhava. He brings because the Uddhava's been there and and, and he, he got like he got a buzz for Braj Bhakti and it's, he's like never been the same ever since. You know, he went there to teach them Gyan, he thought, and they repeated his message from Krishna in ways that he could have never understood it himself and he 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 just became completely enamored by their bhakti became a worshipper of their bhakti so he really he could tell you something about it narada said so more typically we find narada in in dwaraka and yeah he has a friendly relationship with krishna Therefore, he's this Brahmin sage, but he, he's kind of like a little bit of a, a bit of a prankster too. Hmm? He goes and tells Kamsa, "Hey, check it out! You know, Krishna's already been born. Better do something about it." Pushes the leela along. So he's kind of a yoga mayaic type of a, a leela shakti type of a person, like the Madhu Mangal, who's a more full form of Narada in Braj, is Brinda Devi, uh, leela shakti, Purnamasi, and so forth. Hmm? Orchestrating the leela, pushing it along. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said the other night, he, he is the person in in the in the first canto of Brihad Bhagavatamrita who gives sheds light on you know, through his actions the uh, the highest ideal, which it reaches in that last chapter is is Bhakti. He reminds Krishna of that. Incidentally, and Krishna goes mad. Then he apologizes, and Krishna says, "No, no don't apologize." Gadopakarismadidapriyanam, one who reminds another of their dearmost is the best friend. Hmm? So we have Narada in the first canto of Bhagavatam, showing the highest ideal. He's in Sakura showing the highest ideal of of of, of Gopi Bhav, and in the second canto. Gopakumar, this protagonist, is also in Sakuras. He's been used to also show the same thing, pointing to Gopi Bhav, the highest ideal, which is exactly what Nityananda Prabhu did, who's in Sakya Bhav and Gaur Leela. Pointed everyone to Gaur and, 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 and Gopi Bhav opportunity that he was presenting, and, and still some people say, well, I'll stick, with, I'll stick with you. I'll do what you do. And they ended up in the same Bhav as him, so we have that that influence too. Sri Nitai Chand ki jai, Gorunga Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Sri Gorada Madhava ki jai, Gor Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gor Prem Anandi.